Hey, podcast listeners, this is Todd Finley, the founder and CEO of HBC Red. On this episode, you'll be hearing from Six Degrees. Six Degrees is a branding and marketing firm in Atlanta that have worked with the likes of Ray Shremont, uh, Mike Will Made It, Puma, Budweiser. They worked with a lot of people. So if you're a marketing person or if you're an HBCU person or if you uh, just like a, a honest, open conversation from uh, three men that are making it happen in the marketing, branding, internet world, this is a good conversation for you. So hope you enjoy. All right, we got Desmond and Brian from Six Degrees. What do you guys call it? Is it Six Degrees Creative? Nah, Six Degrees. Six Degrees. Six Degrees. Okay, I yeah. saw Creative on here. I'm like, you know, I thought it was a Six Degrees. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Now, were you, were you guys always creative? Uh yeah, definitely. Like even as like a kid, like as a kid, do you remember like being seven, eight years old, like being just doing creative things? I think me and B Right are different. I think B Right, if if I could speak on his behalf, I feel like he's been a creative as a kid, like a game player, you know, drawing, art, all of that shit. Me, I had to figure out my way into what I wanted to do and then kind of like grow into being more creative. Um, so yeah, no, nah, for me, I, I don't think I was that creative as a kid. I like playing sports. That's what I like to do as a kid, playing sports and just kind of like doing that. What did you play? Basketball. I can tell you as a hooper, man. It's just a hooper swag. <laughs> I got I'm a hooper too, so you know you can just see it. You know you see a hooper, no a hooper. <laughs> do you still do you still hoop a little bit? Nah, man. I done tore my all types of stuff. I'm just like I, I pulled back. Iverson was my favorite player though. So seeing John Thompson, I was like, man, I grew up like literally. Thanking John Thompson for Iverson, man. So, right. Let's, yeah, for real, for real. Let me tell you about my Iverson story. When I, um, I think I was a freshman in high school, and it was a guy that was a senior named Jermaine Kimbrough had major game, and he, he shared lockers with me. And I was JV, he was varsity. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he said, "Man, it's this dude that plays for Georgetown named Allen Iverson. He was a sophomore at." Georgetown at this time, he was like, man, go and check him out. So I used to go home, put the VHS tape in there to tape it so I could uh, so yeah. I could peep so his crossover. And I ended up getting the mean crossover. I can only go left or right, but I, I had that Iverson crossover before anybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm an Iverson guy. Yeah. What about you, B-Right? Were you creative growing up? Uh, yeah. Um I, I mean, I guess I was just creating stuff. I didn't think that it was, to me, it was just like, I'm just creating stuff just because it's just cool. So I really was just into a bunch of cartoons. Um, I would say. All you, mess with, you mess with Pokemon? Yeah, definitely when I was a kid. Yu-Gi-Oh, all of that stuff. I used to mess with all of that stuff. So I'm just like, I used to be head first and, and I wasn't really into no sports. I mean, I did track, I mean, track in high school, but other than that, I was just a kid and the on the side, just talking shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Honestly. All right. Have you have you seen what those Pokemon cards are doing nowadays? What? What is it? What are they doing? Those Pokemon cards, man. And then you too, uh, Dad, go on eBay and look at sports cards and Pokemon cards. It's going crazy. What, like, like selling stuff like that? 
Yeah, but like trading right. from back in the it's going crazy. Like the Lucas were going for like seventy dollars last year, and they're going for sixteen hundred right now. I had a whole. Let me just tell you this: I had a whole bunch of decks and everything. Like you, but you know, when you were a kid, you just be throwing them. I, I, honestly, I was just talking to my other friend about this. I don't even remember the phase where I just stopped doing all of that stuff. It's just a blink. It just turned black, and I just stopped playing with it. Yeah, it went it, it went dark for a long time. Yeah, it's like these last three years been going crazy. That's you know, Kareem Abdul Jabbar went from five grand to thirty grand in the last five months. Vanguard? That's crazy. Oh, what? His car? Oh, oh, the car. Yeah. Like how much they? Yeah, the cars. Look on eBay. It's gonna it's gonna mess you up. It's Shit. gonna mess you up. Like Check you know, I think I I think it was a a Mike Trout that just went for like three point two. Are you serious? Yeah, it's. No, I'm talking about it's real bread going on. I'm like, oh, that's why I keep everything now. Now it's like yeah. everything going in a little box because we don't. I don't know what's going for one point two, one point five. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know what's gonna go on. So yeah, yeah that's, that's something else. But why did you guys start your own agency instead of uh, working with the big agencies? I mean, we didn't. The thing about it was we started off, you know, 2008 at Morehouse and we had our own clothing brand back then. You know, we right started the brand. I came on board to help to do some marketing and stuff like that. And um, we were always like, I feel like we was always go-getters from New York City and entrepreneurs and we always wanted to have our own. And then, you know, sometimes when you're in college and you graduate, things just start to pick up. You, you need to make money. You want to start having some leverage. So you get in some other situations and that's what happened with us. We, you know, we was grateful to be able to work with like Mike Will and Ray Shermer and do all of this dope stuff. But deep down, I feel like in our heart, we always wanted to go back to that like original foundation of like just having our own shit. Um, right. And right. another important part, which we right, you know, can attest to, was like when we were eighteen and nineteen years old, we interned at this agency in New York called Team Epiphany. Um, and our mentor from the agency, and we have a few mentors over there, he went to Morehouse and like just when we were intern there, man, we would work on these like what, what we call now experiential activations and like all of this stuff. And it was crazy to like see cool shit being done by like a cool person on like a corporate level. Yeah. So it painted a whole new picture that like, yo, you don't have to graduate and work at some weird, like straightforward pen to paper corporate firm like you can do cool shit and that's what you know we we always wanted to get back to that but be right to tell his part no yeah i mean just to i mean we really didn't honestly if it was back when i was 17 i wouldn't even tell you that we were going to be having an agency because it was just it wasn't you know what it was i think us interning with uh culture and curtis is the um he graduated from morehouse and he's the owner team the owner team but one of the and um, he uh, it, we've never seen somebody that was first of all black dealing with these corporate companies like that, mm-hmm. and it was just like, and not only that you're dealing with these corporate companies, you're actually doing stuff like a said, cool stuff with these corporate companies, and it's actually your idea. It's like throughout the time that we was interned, which was like a, a summer, a couple summers that we interned with them, we actually seen ideas that they mapped out from inception to it actually being something to actually being impressed. So it was crazy to us just like that process of it. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I can't believe it's just like a company out there that's actually doing that. But outside of that, yeah, I don't think that I was like, yo, I want to have an agency because it was just like, 
Well, I just want to do cool things. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. If, if it's shooting a music video, if it's, is it designing a cover, if it's doing merch, like I want to kind of do everything creatively and marketing, which we went to school for. Right. Kinda, it's like a different spin to it because no, I, I wouldn't definitely uh, a bunch of my friends that work at different marketing firms and a lot of these corporate, super corporate jobs, they're not really happy there. Like, you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. just like, yeah. Now what got y'all off to the races? Like what was like your first big deal? That was like, man, this is about to be something big. Yo, we, yo, honestly, God is good, bro. Let me let you know this. <laughs> we ended up, we were like, we, we, we both made a decision. And this may be first time publicly we'll, we'll say this. We both made a decision. Like, I was on reassurance management team doing a lot of their, like, marketing, brand partnerships, things like that. Be right was head of marketing for air drummers. We both got to a level where we wanted, we wanted to do more. You get what I'm saying? And... One day we're chilling. We like, all right, we're gonna do this agency. We're betting on ourselves now. We ain't got these, you know, these these every weekly checks and stuff coming on, um, coming in. But then um, we 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 got to a point where we decided to start the company. And when we started making an inceptualizing like what the company was gonna be about, we didn't have a name or like or anything like that. And I think one day right must have had like the six degrees logo because it was a logo for something completely different on his phone and we like, yo, we're gonna call it six degrees. Let's just use what we already got. And then once we started thinking about it, we're like, six degrees of separation, like we're connected. And that made us realize like, we need to really map out like the relationships that we have and we need to see who we can tap in with that we've been working with or connected to for an extended time period and see how they can help us. And all out of the gate, once again, Coltrane, Jared, Team Epiphany, those guys, they literally brought us some of our first pieces of business. We were able to work on like a Google project. We worked on Kendrick Shin for some extended time period. We got our friend knocking at the door. Yeah. But, um, we <laughs> come on, tell him, come on in. We gonna open that, but yeah. How are you? I'm well, well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to call it Dropout. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. She's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we'll, well, I guess we could just... Yeah, no, no, no. He was just saying, like, how did we know it's going to be a thing? And I was just saying, like, in the beginning, so many people came through. We linked on a lot of, like, our friendships and our relationships. Like, Naomi, YouTube, she threw us our first piece of business with, with YouTube. You know, all of these people were, like, our friends were just coming and saying... I'm at this company. Can you guys produce this? Can you do this? And we did it, man. And um, when we did our first, when we did our first Hendrix Gen kind of like series and all of that, and we watched people get so excited for us to have something fresh and new, it was like, yo, we got to keep doing this and we got to figure this shit out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Now talk talk about that. Talk about how important relationships are because I think some people look at that aren't doing it. Look at relationships like okay, I go out and network, but mm-hmm. as you as you guys know and I know, it's about knowing people, them knowing you, and then about who you are and for a long period of time, and they seeing who you are. That's that makes them want to work with you. Talk to that. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I I honestly think like I could attest to like so many situations where just the relationship with the person just helped to elevate. And you know what I'm saying? In a different case, I think one which is really 
really, really important to me is uh, this relationship that I had with this uh, publisher, which when we had a clothing brand, we would be um, just going around, just talking to everybody just about Cremo and just letting them know about our clothing brand and seeing how we could help people. And then uh, his name is Byron Wright, but he worked at BMI and, you know, we've been cool with him for years and nothing came out of that relationship. It just was a sincere and genuine, like we could, we bought and, you know, anytime he needed help with anything, any events that he could kind of let us in, we kind of got in and uh, I remember it was this one time that I bumped into him at a concert and he's like, yo, I want to introduce you to my uh, other little bro. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm with it if you want to introduce it to him. And he goes, yeah, it's Mike Will made it. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I heard about you. You know what I'm saying? I heard that you make beats and everything. And then I found out that Mike was one year older than me. And then we just connected and Bob. And I think a lot of a lot of stuff that we're doing or that I've done or things that I've seen and the position that I had over ear drummers and a lot of the accolades that I have, I could attribute to that connection. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and I, we could have been, I could have just been like, oh, okay, cool. You can't do anything for me right now. F you, you know what I'm saying? But it was just more than that. I think I felt like it was just something genuine there and sincere. And we just, I just formed that relationship genuinely, not just because he could have did something for me. It was just like, I'm genuinely rocking with you and I genuinely, when I remember Byron, I don't know if you remember, but I remember he had his birthday party and I used to take photos and videos. I came there, was taking pictures and videos for his birthday party, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But all of that stuff led up to the, I would say it's a, it was a, a definitely a blessing and a payoff because he introduced me to somebody that's very crucial that helped me move a lot as far as in my career, like you know what I'm saying, and with our company as well. Mike Will, you know what I'm saying, he's helped so much, like you know what I'm saying, even from Creed too. But it's things like that I feel like happen in our life all the time. It's always the it's always the little relationship that we're not even thinking about. That's like, oh, yeah. cool, and it's all and it's not never like, oh, what can you do for me? It's just like, yo, we have a genuine connection. And it's just like, I think that that's a big part of how Six Degrees is. It's just like a lot of people that we've met that does that we call on is people that we just have a genuine connection with and they end up to be a big rapper or they end up to be a big exec or they end up to be a big designer or they end up, but it's just right then and there we was rocking with you when it wasn't nothing. So mm-hmm. it was just like, and we you could call on us when, it, when you couldn't do anything for us. And maybe we couldn't do anything for you, but we would just be there and just farm that because it just felt good. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it's just like, whoa, like, oh yeah, I got the for y'all. And it's just like, damn, this is crazy. I would never think this would ever happen. So I think that's just the importance of just relationships. So so many times people ask me like, well, how do you network? And how? And I'm like, well, it's I don't know. It's just, if I rock with you, I rock with you. If you're saying yeah. something, if it's like, we're like-minded, I feel like, then it's it's gonna be something there. Like I'm gonna care for what you're saying. You're gonna care about what I'm saying. And we could build from that. Whether we could, you know what I'm saying? Whether it's just advice. Like you know what I'm saying? I think um to chime in on the relationships part of it, I think what's really important, um, and, and something that me and B Right have been able to kind of like really emphasize on since our foundation of like our friendship and our relationship and our business relationship is that you have to be able to bring something to the table. You know what I'm saying? You have to have something to offer that people want. As much as we've been able to build relationships with people, people also valued us, right? Because they were like, 
even if they needed a graphic design, they, they, and they didn't use us, we might have been fifth on a list, but we were on that list. You get what I'm saying? So when the time came where the opportunity met the, the exact moment, it, it, it worked out. So it's just like a lot of times, like with younger kids nowadays, they, they do ask these questions. Yo, how do I network? And it's like, what do you have to offer? Because maybe you need to figure out what you can offer so that you can properly yeah. network. Because if you're networking with nothing, if you have nothing to bring to the table, then guess what? You won't, people are going to say, okay, cool, nice to meet you. Y'all will exchange contacts and they probably won't touch you back. But if, if you seem super right. curious and like you can bring something to that table, guarantee you, even if they don't touch you back the first time, second time, third time, fourth time when they need you, they'll make sure you're there. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, not right. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, to add on um, what Des is saying, I think that that's really important. That process is really important when you're trying to network up. But I, but when you're on the same level as people and you're connecting yeah. and growing, that's when I just think that that's why it's like two different things. Where it's just like I always encourage people to to please if you got somebody fired that takes photos that's just in your same community or same age or whatever the same it is, level. like let like mess with them because at the end of the day, if they have the same mind and they have the same passion and stuff for it, they're gonna be big. They're gonna be a big manager. They're gonna be because we've seen it. We've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's like. Damn, damn, yo, what's the name was just telling us about this five years ago? Yep. Now they control this. Like, so that's just really what I'm a fan of. Like, I think a lot of uh, maneuvering through the industry, that's what we were doing. I think, and that's why we reap the benefits so much now because it was just like, oh, my friend does video. He's really cool at doing video. Oh, let's get with him. It's just like, he's a big videographer at this point now. You know what I'm saying? Hey, the network is your net worth. That's real. Yeah, yeah, I sound corny, but it's for real, man. Like if you, if you, this right here is powerful. If you look in your phone and stop looking at Instagram and trying to compare this person didn't follow me back, this, that, the other, you might have to run into that person six different times for them to even recognize you and remember you. We have a problem doing that back in our days. Me and me, right? I promise to God. Wiz Khalifa pull up in town, Ten times in a year, we we are on the corner where his hotel is at every time. Two thousand, yeah. we didn't care if we looked crazy or any of that. Then eventually, he's like, "I rock with those dudes." We in L.A., we there. We in Pennsylvania, yeah. got a show. We still there. And it's like, bro, support people. Stop always asking. Give more. Make sure you have something that you can bring to the table. And then outside of that, understand what your network is. Like B. Right said, network across. You don't have to always look up at the biggest person in the room and wonder why they don't fuck with you because there's a young executive making to the left of you that you can't see because you don't have the vision. That's real. And that's what we did. We looked at everybody around us and we 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 understood who they were. And B. Right was really good at this. You know, and, and me not so much, but I had to learn that. Like, you know, this person to the right of me is going to be dope one day. If 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 I go up and I can further position them, or if they go up and they can further position me, I can't shit on them because they're at this level to the right of me or to the left of me, and they're not up here. You get what I'm saying? So, your network is your network. That's it. <laughs> you know, but me, y'all, me and y'all have been talking. You know, 20 minutes now, but you know, 10, 15 minutes before that, but. Like if I pull into the A, I'm gonna call you guys. So, you know, like I think that talent is a part of it too. Like having, like being having a good personality, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's important. 
you know, like I feel comfortable with y'all already. I know a lot of other people probably feel the same way. Yeah. So what about somebody that doesn't really have like that type of personality? Like how do they on this one? Yo, before I got to Morehouse, right? Uh, I grew up in Jamaica, Queens, and then eventually I moved to Brooklyn. Okay. And I had to realize it wasn't until I got older and I was in college that I realized in like all throughout my life, I had like some type of social anxiety. Like I didn't really know about that type of stuff. But looking back, I was like, as cool as I was, I had the girls, I hung out with the coolest people. It was just something where I always felt like out of place. So when I went to Morehouse, which I did not want to go to college at all, I didn't want to go to college, right? Long story short, I didn't get accepted to Morehouse. I, I, I got on the phone with somebody every day for summer, and then literally right before school was starting, they got me into Morehouse. I go down there, and I'm looking at all of these black kids, and they're just nothing like what I'm accustomed to. Like, they're just not the same, not the same. Like, these are like middle-class black kids that came from like really good households and they were raised correctly and all of that. And I felt uncomfortable. I really did because it was like the things that they experienced like and, and, and talked about and engaged in, I didn't have that experience. So I didn't know how to, how to basically keep up with the conversations and how to feel like I was a part of something. So think about this though, be right just in general, regardless of his experiences and things like that. He's just a naturally social butterfly type of person. So me and him become partners. And you got to think about this, right? Like if you're running around with somebody social and you're just the person in the corner all the time, you're about to start looking weird. And <laughs> so I got to a point where I was just like, bro, I'm not going to be the one in the corner that people are like scared to talk to. Cause I just look emo and shit like that. And I took an opportunity to learn how to, network and build relationships. This was with, there was one moment I remember changed my life. Vashti came down here and we did something with Vashti, right? And I remember B. Right couldn't make it. You were out of town. And I had to go and handle this one on my own. And I'm like, this is Vashti. I got a crush on her and everything. So she's like, me and her are talking. I'm acting like I'm some big hot shot. Like I know what I'm talking about. And she's like, yeah, connect with my manager. So now I gotta have another conversation and like me putting myself in those uncomfortable conversations and positions, it just allowed me to understand that, you know what? You can grow, you can be social, you can expand, like you can you can further like your personality from where you think it's at to where you think it's going. And I think for me, most importantly, I just think it's really important to like, if you feel like you're a person that's extremely isolated, if you feel like you're not social, if you feel like you don't fit in, if you feel like you're an outcast, I need you to do like what Will Smith said, literally face fear in the face and go straight at it. If you if, if you go to a bar and you feel like, you know, like you're not good with the ladies, go talk to a girl. Yeah. <laughs> the more you get. You know? yeah. So it's just about it's when it comes to being a social man and in, in, in networking. Because, I, man, I felt so discouraged going to Morehouse. I really did. And when I got there, let me tell you the worst part ever. My roommate, who happened to become one of our close friends, was a multimillionaire. I'm taking out my little pairs of Air Force Ones. <laughs> Louis loafers. Pros. I'm like, what a fucking way to smack me in the face again, bro. Right. Hey, yeah, you just got to go and do it. You got to face it and you got to put yourself right in front of everybody. Shit happened. I mean, that's real. Be right. Is that a Browns hat? 
Brooklyn. Um, it's oh. a Negro League. I think. Oh, okay. I was about to say I'm from Cleveland, man. So I'm like, I may need that up off you if that was a Now I got a question, and this one, this is a personal one uh, to me um, about partnerships, mm. and um, I partnered with um, my best friend, and. Um, we went and we opened up a mattress store and I've been in the mattress business for, you know, for a while and said, you know, I'm going to open up a mattress store. And we always did business here and there. And then I um, said, let's go in on this mattress store. He was with it and mm-hmm. it didn't work out and it didn't work out because I think it was my fault because I didn't communicate up front and I didn't communicate often. Mm. So this is a dude that we've been best friends since I think fifth grade or sixth grade, maybe seventh grade. And we talked every day, three or four times a day. And for the last three years, we haven't spoke, you know, and you know, like that hurts, you know, Mm. like, so how do you make sure a partnership, um, thrives and how do you make sure that personal relationships is separate from the business relationship? How do you separate duties? How do you communicate? How does, how do you make sure that be right and Dez are cool forever? I mean, I think it's, it's, it's what you just said. I think here's my thing. If that's your friend for a very long time, so you de- definitely know it's love there. It's love either way. He probably feel hurt too. So I think that it's just like, it's really stepping outside of yourself, which it sound like you kind of did already. And it's just saying that, okay, cool. The best thing in any relationship is transparency. So it's just like, even if you feel some type of way, Dennis feels some type of way, I feel some type of way, the best thing is just to go lay it out and then you can deal with it at that point. So it's just about, I think that's the part of where it doesn't get too messy. It's just, yo, I feel some type of way about this or this isn't running or we need to talk about this. And then you talk about it and then, you would come to some type of agreement mm-hmm. and just be understanding of, okay, well, why did, why did it go this way? Or why did you think that it was going to go this way? So I think it has to be definitely transparency, a level of understanding that's outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And then I think everybody's goals have to be on the same page. Like you have to be, yeah. no matter if, if Des is in New York and I'm in LA, it's just like, we know what we're working towards. So it's just like, at the end of the day, he might have a different method that, Sometimes it's just like, all right, cool. Well, we, maybe we could do better. Or I feel like it could be done better. Or he might feel like I could do something better. But I think when you, but the 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 bottom line of it is just that you know that we uh, you know that you could count on me. I know I could count on him, and we know what, what the mission is. So it's just at the end of the day, we might go different paths of doing the mission in certain times period. But we know we're bringing it back, and I think that's just what it is just on on that, working with your friend and making sure that the friendship, because you are right, it intertwines just because it's, but when it's business time, it's biz time to show up. Like whenever we got events or we got a, a project to do, listen, we literally, we turn into like different, boom, it's like that. Some people can't really rip that apart, but it's like, yo, we got an event to do and it's event day, then yeah. you're probably not my friend right now. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. You're my business partner right now when we have stuff that we need to figure out 
And then after everything is all together, we, it might be jokes here and there and everything, but after we figure it out and everything's done, then it's like, oh, cool. All right, yeah, what's up? Let's go grab a Yeah, let's a go. Group. Let's go do something, you know what I'm saying? But other than that, like, you just got to take care of the business first because that's everybody's livelihood. And if, and if you have a partner or any partners or anybody that's a part of the business that don't understand that, then, then I feel like we're not on the same page if that's not the main goal of living and, and trying to expand and trying to influence and push forward everything that we're doing. If that's not important to you, then and maybe this, we should just be friends, like you know what I'm saying. All right now, so how do you have the hard conversations? Like, do you guys say, "Hey, we need to sit down," or you just talk about it right then and there? You guys seem like oh. straight shooters, so y'all yeah. seem like y'all just. It depends. It depends. I mean, me, I'm pretty much like if I feel some type of way about it, I'm like, I, you know, I'd be combating about how I used to be. I'll say something. I'll be like, yo, I really don't like, and it might come off emotional, but it's just like, I feel like at least I already brought it to the table with anybody that says, at least I brought it to the table and you could respect what I'm saying, or you could, you're not going to say like, oh, we didn't know what you thought about it. It's just that you could just respect what I'm saying. You might not agree with it, but it's just like, well, at least we know his, his opinion on whatever is going on. So I think that's just the important thing. Well, yeah, I think, um, the shit can get confusing, you know, it, it, it can get really confusing, but something that I like to keep in the back of my mind always is that it's just business, you know, and sometimes we lose track and we lose sight because we get so emotionally charged up and you didn't do this and you dropped the ball on this. And when you go to sleep at night, bro, like when if the business was to fade away, if the money was to go like your best friend yeah. would be there. You get what I'm saying? Right. And, and those are the things that matter. And you look around your family, they start to say like, oh, you change, you don't pick up the phone call. Then you have to realize like you are changing and you are growing and things are changing. But most importantly, this is just business. And right. we have a solid relationship outside of the fact that we live in the same building on the same floor, yeah. just like a few doors we down. Yeah. We do a lot of shit together, but it's some shit I'm into that be rights not into, like, you know, and it's some stuff he's into, like gaming and stuff like that that I'm not into. But uh, other than that, we're pretty much like on the same page. Yeah. It's, we're growing, like we're creating a business. We're trying to make history for young black men that look like ourselves, for black people to come through and to continue what we're doing and take it to the next level. So it can be stressful at times and we do, you know, we're also Virgos. Like we can be emotionally charged up where we yeah. might text me while I'm working on a creative deck and I'm like, dude, I'm not about to, I'm not like, we're not about to do this. Or like, I might go off on event day because I've been lifting shit for six hours and he had to go do conference calls or whatever it is. And it's like, when it's all said and done, we want the same goal. Yeah. We want to win and we want to do the dopest shit and we want to like how we're here and we're looking and we're saying Coltrane Curtis, Marsha St. Hubert, um, Big Jeff, Shaka, Shaka Zulu, all of these people that we can name that afforded us these opportunities, Don Cannon, all of these people. We want to be able to be those people for other people. As yeah. Well. And that's and, what we're trying to create. And that. that's definitely said a big thing. And I think that that's like the biggest thing, honestly, that could make anything. It's, it's bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like when we've seen. When we see everybody that we name doing things and they're just doing it out of the pure, like nobody, none of our mentors ask us for anything or, you know, mm-hmm. how certain people get like, 
treated weird. I just was on the phone with Big Jeff earlier, actually, and I just thanked him, and I was just like, yo, you know, some people had it really hard moving through this entertainment industry and everything, and I feel like the ones that we were around, they just kept it G, and they pushed us even when we wasn't listening and still pushing us and still provided opportunities. But he always, Big Jeff and Shaka always tell me, they always like, Yo, it's bigger than them. They, that's what they said. They, they said it's bigger than us. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to pass the baton. So, and that's how I think what we feel right now. And that's why they, not, nothing's going to get in the way of it's bigger than us. It's mm-hmm. way bigger than us. Like, we have a lot of work that we have to do. And nobody says, nobody, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't think, but we might not be the ones at the finish line. But we are going to be the one that send that baton a little, you know what I'm saying, closer to what it needs to go. Race. Yeah. So right. Yeah. How do you do you guys separate duties? Like one does one thing, the other does the other thing, or do you guys like work together on everything? No, nah, we separated. So basically, um, we're a small company. We have like a team of like six people. And um we you gotta wear like six hats. Like that's just is what it is. We're growing, we're figuring it out, we're taking it project by project, brand by brand, artist by artist. Um, but how we kind of like delegate things are more so based on like a creative delegation. So be right more so oversees everything when it comes to like graphics, art direction, branding, all of that type of stuff. You get what I'm saying? When it comes to like more of the production stuff, like events and like experiential or like, you know, we're doing content and like the producing of that. I'm more so like the conceptualizer for like that type of stuff. So we kind of just break it down like that. Like yesterday, like, you know, we had a client we was working with and I was running that project, but there was a component of it that had to do with merch design. As much as I wanted to try to figure it out, I don't communicate in that language. So when we went to, you know, our design studio to work with the designers, the shit I got out of it the night before versus what Be Right was able to pull out of it the day after when I said, Be Right, like, I need you for this project. I tapped him. He sat down one hour. He did a couple sketches. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and even like Be Right, like it was something like event based and Be Right would be like, yo, I just got off the phone with Nike. Nike saying that they want to do something for Super Bowl, ABCD. And he's like, you know, I, I might not have any ideas. What do you think? I'm like, all right, cool. Next day, I'm like, look, here's a deck. Let's, let's send this off to Nike. Let's get it done. So creatively, we delegate and kind of distribute work. And then we just have all of our different teams, like, work on it, depending on what it is. Like, right has a design team. I have a production team in terms of, like, the events. We have a production team just for, like, content and, like, more video stuff and things like that. And um, we're just growing, man, and figuring it out, honestly. And I don't think there's any right way. Like, I had to think about this yesterday. And I was like, I remember the days that I would, like, read a lot of shit, Google a lot of stuff, and then and then feel like I had to be doing exactly what they said in like the textbook or in the books. And it's like, nowadays, shit is so open. You can just do whatever you want. You can work whatever however you want to do it. However you want to set your company up, if you want it to be three CEOs, do three CEOs. If you want to have 20 creatives and one business person, if that works for you to bring in a dollar and execute the business, then make the shit happen. You don't got to do it any type of way. You can do things how you want to. Of course, you still have to be professional. You still have to really execute on a high level and you still have to like be able to have like these top tier conversations, which is a whole different ballgame. Right, right. That's that's really that's really good. Um you guys have worked with some some big businesses. How do you get those type of contracts? 
like somebody that want to work work with a Budweiser or a Puma or a Nike. Like, how do you like who do you go to? Do you go to the head of marketing? Do you network on LinkedIn? Do you go to somebody that you know from Morehouse? <laughs> you know what do you do? Because I know it's somebody that went to Morehouse and say, "Man, I want I'm creative. I want to start my own thing." And they're looking at you, at, at you guys like, "Man, these guys are cool. They're doing their thing. I want to do it, but I don't even know where to start." What would you say to them? It's exactly what we said earlier, networking across. So like all of the opportunities that we have are because all of the opportunities we have are a lot of it is through our mentors. A lot of it is through our friends. You get what I'm saying? Like we worked on a Meek Mill album cover, right? We were able to, 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 to be a part of that creative process. That's through Fatima who just walked in the door. You get what I'm saying? So it's just like, it's literally people that walk in our doors that like bring us opportunities because we also can bring, you know, the service to the table as well. And it's just like, sometimes it's hustling. Like, you know, like these cold calls, like the Budweiser thing happened because they, they tapped Gunner to shoot something for the release of this new can. And I spoke to them on the phone. I'm talking to VaynerMedia, Gary Vaynerchuk's company. And I'm like, are y'all doing an event? Cause you know, I'm trying to figure out some other ends. Like how can we, how can we keep the business rolling? And they didn't, they weren't really interested or thinking about that. And we put together a concept, pitched it. They loved it and we did it. And I think they were nominated for multiple marketing awards off of that. So it's hustling and using your relationships. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, how can a company offer online experiences? Because you have, you know, this pandemic that hit us. I know the A is wide open, but everybody else is kind of quarantined. What can someone do to make it be cool? Like versus is like the only thing that's been kind of cool. But, you know, you got to look at what demographic thinks that's cool as well. Like, how do you, what do you guys see in the online world that can be a cool experience? Maybe something that you've done or maybe something that somebody else has done or maybe what you're thinking about. Um, I don't, I, I think that online stuff is just like, we've been living online. So me personally, I don't know how you can do anything more online because we, but even before the pandemic, we've been online. So it's just like, I think that what what the COVID and everything's been showing us is that people really want to be outside and they really want to be connected with people, like in front of people and have more experiences with people. They appreciate that a little bit more, like being in the store, like even though it's scary now, but I think that humans are meant to be around other humans and kind of connect. So I don't think there's anything else that we could have online that could kind of take away from that. Like, you know what I'm saying? If anything, I think that that's just kind of like, it's, I don't know, it's just holding us over a little bit, but I don't know how you can get a, any more virtual other than virtual reality with people. Right. And, right. and we're not we're not even in the business of, you know, like a lot of agencies try to pivot with COVID and try to figure out like their online strategy in terms of like doing online this and online that. We're not, we never did that. Like we, we're just like, we're going to figure it out. Instead of us doing shit online, we know COVID happened. We built a mobile installation. You get what I'm saying? That went around the city that people can see. So we brought the venue to, to you. Like, we had to figure out new ways because we create real life in-person experiences. Yeah. Like, we don't, we don't, that's not our forte. So it's like for us to try to think of, you know, if a brand came with a check, we figure out some online stuff. Yeah, we figured it out. Nah, we're not going to figure it out. That, that makes sense. 
Now I was, you know, kind of brainstorming and it, it sounds kind of old. Like when I'm talking to you guys, I'm like, man, you guys are creative. We got to work on some real stuff because we haven't done much offline. What do you think about an HBCU grad cruise? Is that like old school time joiner oh, stuff? No, no, no. Let's do it. Let us present that joint. <laughs> Let it be live, won't it? <laughs> I think that HBCU grad cruise will do something. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna tap in once this world opens up. We're gonna do that. We're gonna do that. People want that, or even like a little. Here's my thing. This is this is free game. I've never seen an HBCU festival. Where every school from everybody is like homecoming, but it's connected with all the schools. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're gonna do it together. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do it together. We're gonna do it together because I think I think we have the license to do whatever we want to do. Mm. You know, and, and there isn't a HBCU Coachella. There isn't a HBCU Lollapalooza. Yeah. And it could be the same. And we could have the all of our favorite hits that everybody plays: swag, surfing, and everything. Yeah, we need to have. Yeah, everybody. Get a hundred thousand people. I'm telling you, it's gonna be homecoming on steroids. It's gonna be everybody inside of this one homecoming. And we gotta shift. We gotta shift regions every year. Yeah, one year it could be like east. Yep, here. We're gonna do it. Lock in. This is you know, it's on. It's on wax. So take it from us. Right. What do you guys look at as far as like creating content? Do you look at quality or quantity or, you know, kind of both? I just think it just depends on what's your, who, who's your consumer. Like, honestly, like some, some people fan base, they, they want things every week. Some people fan base, they want great things from them. So it's just like, it just depends on like who, who fan base, like for real, for real, because you have some directors that only direct, once in a blue moon, and you have some directors that shooting out movies every year, so it just yeah. right. And then you got World Star, where people are taking camera videos and they getting a ton of views. And then you got some people that have the top notch stuff shooting movies, and it just bombs. Exactly. exactly. So that stuff is just really, it's really on what's, what's your crowd, right? Like, I, cause I, cause I understand why shooting out so much content works. And then I understand why you don't shoot out so much content and it works. Right. right. I think if you're not going to put out a lot, you really got to be dope. Yeah. 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 yeah, for, yeah sure. for sure. You know, like the dope people can really just put out something here and there and be dope. But if you're not just intuitively creative, I think you need to put out a lot of content because that's going to maybe get you a hit. And then it's also going to make you better because for you sure. put out so much more. And it grows. I think every time you release any content, it grows the audience. So it's like, yeah, you could think about the rate that they're growing the audience versus somebody that's holding on, and then they wait, and it's a big explosion. Either way, I think it's just still like it still adds to the fact that you're growing your audience. And then you'll look somebody that's releasing content all the time. They'll look up and be like, "Whoa, I have all of these followers, all of these people that's on." Right. Right. Yeah, because we try to put out like a ton of content. Like if we could put out a hundred pieces of content a day, we would. Mm-hmm. You know, but we try to put out eight Instagram posts, eight Instagram stories, Facebook, eight posts, Facebook stories, eight posts, LinkedIn, three posts, Twitter, 10 posts, uh, TikTok, three posts, uh, blog post a day, uh, two or three pieces on YouTube. But they like we try to put out a ton. And from that, we end up we end up backing in the quality because we don't really yeah. know what quality is because yeah. 
who's the judge of that? Me, you, you know, the, the real judge of quality is, you know, how people react to it and what they get from it, you know? So that's how we look at it. Tell me about hot Lanas. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the event hot Lana, how did that come about? Oh, so once again, like you said, going back to relationships, Yo, Fatima, like, it's mad loud. <laughs> Don't put that part in there. Uh, um, basically, we, 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 we always, we work a lot with um, Ebony Ward, who manages Future, and she manages Gunner, and works with a few other people as well. So um, she wanted she wanted to do this event and it was pretty, I think we had a few days, it was like a few days before we went over to our office and we sat down and she said, is this something y'all think y'all can pull off? Cause we did the Gunner Tripper Drown event with her. Um, and we were like, yeah, let's do it, let's get it done. In the back of our head, like once we left that meeting, I was just like, I don't know how we gonna actually do like this whole like thing, like within two days, like, cause we actually like took over a store, but we, the signage and everything, like you, like it's really large signage. We had to get all of that stuff created. So we were able to have the meeting, we sketched it up, we called a bunch of our production people, got them working overnight, like literally overnight to produce these signs, get them done in time. And then um, we, we built the installation out. And I remember uh, I ended up going to LA and I'm just like, I think I landed on a plane and that was the day like I, I went for setup and then I went to LA for us to do some other business. And um, when I landed on a plane, I went to B-Right's Instagram because B-Right posts everything on his story. And then I saw Future was there and I saw it was like a thousand people in the video. This shit was crazy. But I think most importantly, us being tied to a record that was like, what, yeah. four, three, four, five times platinum, yeah. whatever it was. Did it go number one? No, it went number two, I think. It went number two in the country. Yeah. And it was funny because like when we had, when we did the event that next week, the song literally spiked. You get what I'm saying? Like the song spiked and we saw like, just like our effect of like what we were producing like in real time. And I felt like we, we were part of the reason why the song was also going up a little bit more. But um, yeah, people enjoyed it. They got to eat free food. Yes, it was on the news. It was something that was that that never happened, and that's that's out of town too. That was just like yeah. a new experience and everything. And that's just something that uh, men does with six degrees. We kind of like pride ourselves on like New York and LA. Like they, you have the super experiential stuff, but we feel like in Atlanta, it's not like that. Just and a lot of people don't get those type of experiences and. The interaction and everything so it was cool to kind of bring that back to like our people in the community and everything that's yeah. down there you're right and then now, I, go ahead no i was gonna say even you gotta like you have to understand your market like when we go to la and do things you have to understand that we're in la so like yeah. doing something with a chicken spot in atlanta is like spot on but making a chicken spot experiential is like completely different you know what i'm saying so just doing things that people love and they enjoy and trying to do it in a more elevated way in like a city where most brands like pass over, you know what I mean? Most artists, we, I think we made it like a little bit more comfortable for artists yeah. and brands to come down here and feel like, oh, we should tap in with Atlanta. Now a lot of people's doing shit out here, but um, you know, they usually call us when they want to get something done. So. All right. You know, I want to talk about something that people don't talk about and that's money. So let's say with the hot Atlanta's thing, mm -hmm. You have a couple of days to get something done and you 
you got to get your your production team. So that production team, let's say they have to go buy the materials. How do you do that? Do you literally go take them cash? Do you send them a cash? Do the people that's putting the thing together send you a wire? Talk. Let's talk some money. Like, how does it come through? Does it ding on your phone when it comes in? It's really good to have your business shit together. And it's really good to have business credit cards, right? So yeah. we have we have company Amaxes and our shit is organized. So whenever, like we know, like, you know, when, you, when you're doing a production for an event, regardless if you have to move fast or not, the first thing you need to do is make the creative and you have to make the budget. The budget needs to be as close to realistic as to what that budget is going to be at the end of the result as possible. Because if you have numbers in here, if you have a, you know, signage for 1500 and it comes out at 4000 you know, you're 2500 over the budget, you're going into red and you're not going to take care of that expense for you. That's, you just missed it. So for us, like when it comes to like making those payments and those last minute things, it's simple. We have our company credit cards. Be right has his, I have mine, the team, they have theirs as well. And when, you know, the, the, the production companies need payments to be made, we just call in or we fill out a CC authorization form. We send our ID over with it and it gets swiped and our limits are extremely high. Because sometimes we're doing events and experiences that are like hundreds of thousands of dollars. And we're still waiting on a deposit because it got approved the night before and we still got to go cash out on 80000 in expenses. So get your credit right. Make sure you got a company card. All right. That's that's good. Like I think so. Like somebody that's new in the game, they need to hear that. They need to hear, like, man, I, let me not mess up on these credit cards that I get freshman year, so my credit can be nice, so I can, you know, run it up when I need to. Exactly, because sometimes you know you might just have to put a hundred thousand on a card real quick, and you can't do that in the production world. They don't care. They want their money. You know, they want their money. They want their COIs to know that the the insurance is in place for the equipment that you're getting. They want to know that they are secured and taken care of, or you're not getting it. I remember one one dude, he held up like the, the, the car wasn't going through because we were in LA or something. Yo, he held up literally like the speaker system and stuff at the facility and was like, if y'all don't get me this payment figured out in the next 10 minutes, this stuff is not leaving. So I went and put a ridiculous amount on my personal just like debit card because we were trying to figure it out. I'm like, bro, like they don't care. They want they check. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys or anybody that you've worked with really took off on TikTok? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Ooh. I don't know. I got some young homies on TikTok that be doing their thing. Because TikTok before um, before COVID hit, like nobody really knew about TikTok. You know, people knew about it, but yeah. nobody really knew about it. And like we started posting on TikTok like a year and a half ago and we had like 100 followers and then we did one post and we went from 100 followers to 5000 followers in like 12 hours. Then maybe a week or two later, we posted again and went from 5000 to 25000 followers. What? Without, you know, like just an HBCU account. So I was thinking like if I was in music or anything or like a real creative, like if you get on that and you gain that TikTok following early. Like, you know, it turns into a, you know, a whole lot. Like, I wish I would have been on Instagram the first day Instagram came out. You know, same thing. We're just jumping on platforms early. So I just, you know, I know you guys work with a lot of creatives and, you know, people that are really doing some big things musically. So just wanted to know, you know, if you guys. Oh, yeah. 
Honestly, we got friends that do dancing and all of that yeah. shit, and they miss the TikTok wave. Yeah. I'm like, bro, y'all been dancing on Instagram for four or five years, and you mean to tell me you're not lit on TikTok? <laughs> right. right. Yeah, but we're still getting into like the TikTok world, and we got a couple people that work up there, so we kind of like figuring it out, like right. unpacking everything. But you know, like being on social sites early and being on the tail end of it, being late, like I. I'm just thinking about, think about if you start an Instagram, anybody that's young and they start an Instagram account now, they probably would be more turned off and go to TikTok or something like that. Yeah, that just because it's, yeah. it's a greater chance of obviously building a community that's already just a new community. Right. Like Instagram is like, that's like your uncle on it now. For yeah. like, <laughs> no, I'm sure it is. That's <laughs> for real, for real, Facebook is like, I'm like yeah. Facebook is like grandparents, like, yeah, my grandparents oh, on there. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I get notifications for my birthday from like three years well, ago. Facebook is, yeah, Facebook is good because it's just like, it, um, it definitely, I'd be like, oh man, I haven't spoken to this person in a while. So it's just like, right. You know, the connections there. It's still like older connections, but it's just like, oh, yeah, man. you look at your homegirls from high school, like, damn, y'all beat now. <laughs> right. <laughs> Now you guys have worked with you know Ray Schremer, Mike and Will, you know, a lot a lot of people you guys have said. What do winning artists do well and what can they improve on? Like what do you see? Like, man, this is something that I know all winning artists do. And then people that don't that aren't doing something, is it that they're not on time? Is it that they don't have that work ethic? What do you see as like a common thread from people that do well, you know, from the people that you've worked with? Um, we also have our own artist, which is a female that is going to be announcing that pretty soon. So I think I found to be a common denominator um, with artists that win are they have a strong team, you know, outside of them. It's only but so much that they can carry, right? Like, right. Creative, you go in the studio, you do your job, you do everything that you can, but you might not have the ideas for the artwork, the music video, the marketing rollout, all of that stuff. So, like, you know, some of the people I see out here that's really doing what they need to do, like a Billie Eilish, a Travis Scott, um, The Weeknd, all of those type of artists, like, they have, like, some of the best teams. Like, they have somebody for everything, and everyone takes their job serious, and they almost treat it as if they're the artist, you know? And I think that's, that's the, the most effective thing. Like, if you're an up-and-coming artist, man, build a strong team of people that really rock with you, that are going to take it serious and that can actually bring something great to the table that's going to be different. That's like my take on it. Yeah, I think it's just, it's work ethic. Like I've seen in everybody that's great, they just, they, everybody has this common thing that you could just, for me, I could just see it shining whenever somebody's just working to mm -hmm. get something done or working for a project or working to get a song done or working at a show or working at rehearsals. That's just what I just feel. I just feel like the work ethic, once that's yeah. over, I think everything, of course, with the team, and then the team has the amazing work ethic. And then y'all all just work towards, we're going to shoot to get this thing number one. We're going to do an amazing music video. We're going to mm -hmm. do an amazing cover. And then it right. just down. And don't forget, you got to have the product. Don't be, yeah. you got to show up with the sauce. <laughs> that's real. Have the sauce. <laughs> right, that's real. So yeah, that sauce. Yeah. Over these last six months during COVID, are there any like small nuances that you guys have seen that may change marketing? Like I've seen like, you know, just what we're doing now, like it wasn't this much 
going on before uh, COVID. Like people, we weren't having these conversations online as much where it didn't look professional. It's almost like we, I had to be in the same room with you guys for it to, you know, for it to be right. You seen any like small nuances that have changed over these last six months? And then we, you know, we also saw e-commerce really take off for us too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, E-commerce is definitely going crazy. Yeah. Anybody with a brand or anything like that, they can sell online as long as you got the content and stuff, and it looks nice. I think that's. But well, I don't know. I think other than people doing Zoom calls, yeah, doing Zoom calls and and, yeah. and taking time to digest information. You know, at this point, we live in an age where everybody wants everything fast. But I think because of COVID and everything, you kind of have to sit with the information that you're given, even if it's not fast paced. So. I think people being more knowledgeable about certain topics and just exploring different things. I, that's what I've pretty much seen a lot more of. Even when I talk to my friends, people that's in the industry or family members, it just seems like everybody's a lot more knowledgeable about different things. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like video calls and e-commerce, I think, are the big winners from, uh, you know, from these last six months. Well, now, what about like... I know, like, when you look at, like, packaging, like, innovation and packaging or, like, last mile, like, writing thank you notes, making that call after you guys have done an event. Like, what's that last mile stuff, that little nuance stuff that you that you we always We always like to allow, we always like to let the people, you know, that have afforded us certain opportunities, we like to let them know that we appreciate them. Gratitude is always a must. So like we work with you, 95 to 98% chance you're going to get something in the mail a week or two after the activation. That's yeah. you know, just saying thank you, we appreciate you. And it's a if you look at like sales strategy, right? This would be included in your sales strategy. But I think with us, we're just so much of genuine human beings that it's just a part of our life strategy. You get what I'm saying? Just show gratitude and letting people know, I appreciate you. Hopefully you like this gift. And you have to listen, right? Because it's not about just sending flowers and roses, you know, to everybody that you can send it to. So, like, some of our friends, like, will reach out to some of their friends and be like, what is this person really into? Oh, they like to go to the spa and they like to go to the lake. If you like to go to the lake, here's a tube. You get what I'm saying? Hopefully you enjoy this new double-decker tube. You know what I mean? Or if you like to go here or do this, this is for you. So, I think those those are those are key things, man. Just sometimes we get moving so fast, and like with us, we never we never move too fast to be grateful and to have gratitude. Right. That's that's awesome. That's that's really good. That's really good. Mm-hmm. What's the key to event marketing? If you guys had to give me two things that are like the key, if you don't have this, then your event won't work. In terms of like marketing to get people there. Yeah, maybe marketing, or is it location, or is it having the what right people there? What makes a good experience? Basically? Yeah, yeah. What makes a good experience? Um, I think a good experience. Uh, when you when you talk about event marketing, usually marketing a product or a service. So I think that uh, a good event that you would be marketing would would definitely be something that the consumer falls in love with the product or the service when they're at the event or they had such, they can say, Oh, I had such a good time. I wouldn't mind drinking 
um, vitamin water my whole life, like or switching it like up just because of that experience of whatever it is. Like, exactly. I just think that once you could accomplish and you turn it over a cell, that yeah. and it's just like okay, or and they associate the brand with oh man, this was a good time. That's what I, I think when we did when we did Hendrix. That's how people feel about Hendrix. They feel like nobody was drinking gin down here, like to keep it a whole fuck with you. But they were just like, oh, now it's like Hendrix gin. Like that was mm-hmm. such a good time. Like those parties that we were throwing, um, monthly um, activations that we did, people had a really good time and they had time to live with Hendrix and try different mix mixes and be like, oh, you know, probably something that I wouldn't necessarily purchase when. I'm out with my friends is something that I purchased on a regular. So I think that's the show that, oh, this was a really good event. For me, right. say what I always wanted to do whenever it came down to like experiences and events was I wanted it to be free. Like I want, I want to give you the most and ask you for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like if you yeah. have like a really great time and experience and you don't have to spend money. The bar is open. We have a food truck in the back. You can leave with like some type of bag with like promo items. We won. And then when it comes to the moments where we are selling something, just because we've done so much and given so much, you're going to be like, oh, I don't mind supporting this. And I know it's going to be dope because I know the, the level at which they like do things. So I think that's part of it. Allowing it people to come in and just enjoy it without having to, to give anything, but just being able to receive and then I think it's the messenger too. Like who who's the messenger of the event? If I see, you know, this one kid who throws the most ratchet kind of like shit that is like always all over the place and smoked out, I'm probably not gonna go to that. But if I see some cool people that like have taste and like, you know, if they're going and if they talk about it, I feel like other people within their realm and within their world, you know, will also be there and show up. And it's kind of something that I'm a little bit more about like even though we do a lot of experiential stuff we attend a lot of stuff too we'll go and check things out and not to kind of like peep it in a way of like but what are they doing that we're not doing because at this point our ideas are like up here but it's just like sometimes we just want to go and enjoy things and we want to enjoy ourselves and a lot of times like if it's certain people throwing something or doing something we won't even talk but like in the evening we'll both be like you trying to go to this thing like oh yeah i was thinking about going to that too all right let's go yeah. Yeah. All right. You know, it's something that I, I never do, but I want y'all to ask me some questions. I want y'all to interview me a little bit. If you guys are thoughtful, you know, when I get thoughtful brothers, I, I you know, I want to not the conversation just being one side. All right. How, how much time we got left in the interview? Man, we can, I can go all day, but I know, you know, y'all open down there. You know, for team, I know for team, we got some stuff to do, you know. <laughs> I got a question for you. Come on, come on, come on in for team. Come on, oh, no, no, this is very much. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I guess my question would be. Um, just in terms of in terms of being someone who attended an HBCU and now you're running like the HBCU hub and things like that. Um, how do you 
how do you not make going to an HBCU and living the HBCU lifestyle your total lifestyle? You get what I'm saying? Because sometimes I feel like when we went to college, like when people played like sports or like if they were like Q dogs or like pledged, it became like their whole entire existence. So how do you like be of it but not be all the way? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, I think it has to do with who you were before you got there. Mm -hmm. So like when I go to weddings and it's only people that were in your fraternity, I wonder who you were before that. (laughs) You know, like, you know, where are your day ones? Who were you in high school? So, you know, I was, you know, I was a cool guy, you know, in high school, I was, uh, you know, basketball player. So I already had a life. So when I was going down to FAMU, I'm looking at everybody like, man, these are a bunch of lames. Like, you know, like, you know, it took me a while to get engulfed. And then, you know, I became a Kappa down at FAMU and I see the, you know, see the value. And I'm re- really, you know, real close to, you know, all the brothers. But then I think what helps me is that, you know, I'm a little older now. So I'm 39. Mm-hmm. So when you get a little older, you, you know, you got a family and, you know, you got kids. So it kind of takes you out of that. And then I don't live in the A. If I lived in the A or anywhere that like, you know, it's, it's like HBCU central, like everybody went to an HBCU down there, you know, if you, you know, in those circles. So I think it, I think it depends on who you are, but sometimes people aren't as fortunate to grow up in a situation where they have like-minded people around where they had early friends. Mm-hmm. So friends are the only ones that went to an HBCU, but, and then it's important to, talk to the people that knew knew you when you were 13, 14 years old, because that keeps you grounded. You know, you can, you know, act like you're somebody now, but I go talk to my guys and all they do is just, you know, crack jokes all day. <laughs> you know, so that's important. But um, I would say stay in touch with who you were before at the same time you're growing. Then when you get out of school, keep growing because a lot of people get stuck because that's the best time of their life, which it was the best time of my life, too. But you got to keep growing and keep meeting new people, you know. So that was a good question. Though. That was a quick question, though, Dad. I was trying to figure out how to articulate it like it was in my head, but I couldn't. You're right. Yeah, that was a good question. You guys ever thought about like sonic branding? Like when I think about TMZ and then that do, 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 you know, or when Vlad comes on, you know, you have that like TV sound or whatever. Have you ever? I'm trying to think about. I think the next level in branding with podcasts and everything is like what your brand sounds like. Oh yeah, that's hard. That's no, tough. I mean, that, that is. I mean, because that is that's really important. So yeah, it makes sense. But you yeah. know, um, I I do listen to a couple a couple of podcasts, and they actually do have their own sounds. A bunch yeah. of them. I think the real the really good ones have its own mystique with the sounds and the certain sounds that they use and everything. Yeah. So, no, for sure. Like, even when you get in the car, like, it's going to be a certain ding when you get in that You don't worry it's your car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you yeah. get in that ultimate, it's going to be a little bit different, you know? So, <laughs> that's something I'm thinking about a lot. Man, yeah. it was great. It was great talking to you guys. I'm a... I'm a, yeah. I'm a great yeah. And listen, let us know anything that you need help with and everything. No, no, we're we're announcing it here. Once the world opens up, we're gonna do the HBCU grad cruise, and then we're gonna do 
HBCU festival, like they said, all in every part of the country. I'm gonna have my lawyer hit you tomorrow. <laughs> no, for real, for real. Let's let's partner. Let's partner on it and let's do it. And let's make it. Let's because, like, one thing I will say before we leave this chat and before Fatima kills us, <laughs> I do want to say that one thing, be right. I think we can help HBCUs with is kind of like a rebrand. You get what I'm saying? I feel like sometimes HBCUs like. The branding is like, you know, we're representing black people, we're representing black power, we're representing black excellence, but it's like, we gotta step our branding up to that level as well. If we're saying black excellence, our, our, our branding has to be and excellent. And it's yeah. new school. Yeah. Not to say like, not nothing to come at like the older uh, generation, but it's just like, well, if we do wanna recruit these star athletes that we see that's now switching from uh, these D1 schools and going to certain mm-hmm. uh, HBCUs, we have to make it a little bit more attractive. And that doesn't cost, for, for me, it doesn't cost that much to switch certain things up because we do we do it all the time. We do it. Yeah. So it's like you make it a little bit more attractive and we'll get what we need to get in the energy, right? We don't, you see a lot of people donating a lot of money, but I think that we definitely need to get younger brothers and sisters in there just to figure it out or at least be at the table or or a part of a board, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a younger board member of every school where it's just like mm-hmm. the board of directors and these are the junior board of directors where they are doing But you gotta, you gotta think about it. It's called HBCU, which means that a lot of times people are living in the past. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's yeah. historical and it's like in order to keep creating history, we have to progress and you have to move forward. So I think that that's something I think we, you know, because like I was thinking and I was like, yo, when homecoming finally comes back, I want to bring instead of just being there, enjoying, having fun, being drunk, turning up, you know, kicking it with the, the homies and everything like that. Like, how can we take what we've built over the past couple of years and that people all over the world are now recognizing us for and bring it back to our institutions? So I want to bring more brands back to Morehouse and to other HBCUs. But we gotta, we gotta have some conversations about rebranding and polishing things up. And I feel like if we can just do stuff like that, it's like yeah. a passion project. It's not always about money and checks and this, that, the other. Like, but um, yeah, that was the last thing I wanted to say. But we really appreciate you too, man. Todd, thank you for having thank us on here, man. This is our first uh, video in yeah. Six Degrees. It's our first one. <laughs> That's dope. It's our first That's one. dope, dude. Des and Brian, man, I really appreciate you guys. I got to, you know, I really, I don't work with a lot of people mm-hmm. and, you know, we don't partner with anybody really, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, and it's a, you know, I, I have a feeling that you guys are the same way. It's about that vibe and that vibe was just, you know, immediate, you know, so, you know, I look forward to working with you guys in the future. Wish you guys the best. If there's anything that we can ever help with, you know, we'll, we're always here. Everything pro bono. For sure, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. I really hope you enjoyed our conversation with Six Degrees. If you haven't done so already, please tweet us. Tweet us at HBCU Grad. We still feel like Twitter is one of the just pure social media places. It's a place where you can jump into any conversation and, and be a part of that conversation. So please tweet us at HBCU grad and let us know your thoughts on the episode. Catch you on the next one.